Sunny 16 presents. Welcome to Digital Film Photography. I'm Christian, and uh, with me I have my co-host Aid. Hello, Aid. Hey, how you doing? Good to speak to you. Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really excited because this is the first time I've tried to do a new podcast in years. I mean, I've occasionally guest on somebody's podcast, but this is this is new. So thank you for inviting me to collaborate. Oh my goodness! I I think I uh, when I wrote on Discord and asked if someone wanted something a piece about uh, you know. Uh, creating a film look and a film f photography feeling with digital equipment i was like hopefully they don't burn me at, at the stake and and then you come <laughs> and said oh i'm 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 in uh, want to participate i'm i'm really honored that you you're with me so thank you very much uh well i remember years and years ago having an argument with graham about if i shoot if i shoot a, uh, a picture on a digital camera but then i print it on instax is it film photography And I think if I remember rightly, I got I got very clearly told, no, that is not film photography. Mm -hmm. So when you said, shall we have a discussion about how we blend film and digital and how you and all the things around, you know, actually making the best of all those worlds. Um, I thought that's definitely something I want to be a part of. Yeah, cool. So I think uh, we consciously chose a very uh, controversial, uh, let's say, thought provoking title for the show. Uh, digital film photography and i think it should be uh, it would be a good idea i mean people know obviously where uh, you, where you come from and who you are uh, but if you don't mind just uh, tell us what your experiences in film photography and and also digital photography are yeah so well i mean i started out quite late in photography i was a, a proper grown-up in my 30s Uh, and uh, I realized that I had a few big things coming up in one year. I think that year was 2008. Uh, and uh, so I thought I better buy myself a camera uh, and I bought myself a, a digital SLR. I, I, you know, I didn't really know anything about cameras at that point. I just thought I needed I need a camera. Uh, and I got hooked, completely hooked. And then before I knew it, I, I got really into film photography, deeply into film photography and shot, shot mostly film for five, six, seven, eight years or something like that. Uh, and my digital cameras gathered dust. You know, and, uh, these days uh, I shoot a blend. Uh, so I am really enjoying, I've been very fortunate enough to, to have uh, a go at the beta version of the Alfie Titch camera that's just had a successful Kickstarter as we speak. Um, I still love my Holgers. I was out shooting in Holger week. Uh, and I also shoot digital, uh, mostly a digital point and shoot at this point, actually. Um, uh, so, yeah, I I uh, I change my mind. I'm not very I'm not very consistent in, in what I do. Uh, and sometimes it's different project by project. But at the moment, I'm in a position where I'm enjoying shooting film and I'm also enjoying shooting digital. That sounds good. I mean, consistency is definitely that you keep shooting photos because i think there was some time when you said oh uh i can't be bothered and you know <laughs> didn't shoot a lot <clears throat> i remember yeah there's a couple of years mostly through 2018 and 2019 uh right. where i really lost the my my photographic mojo uh and uh i had to work at it uh to bring it back 
I'm I'm pleased to say these days that actually I'm really enjoying it. So uh, I would recommend to anybody that if they do have a little dip in their interest in photography, actually, if you can just push through a little bit, you know, find even just one little thing you're interested in um, or even fake it till you make it right till it comes back. Uh, it, it can it can work well. Anyway, tell, tell us about you. What What's your photography journey? I think I think um, uh, I'm I started really early. I started in my early teens, and I think the first camera I still have it is a Practica camera that my uh, um, granddad uh, granddad gave me um, uh, after he realized that uh, I shoot better pictures, at, at least in his uh, in his opinion, shoot better pictures than he did. <laughs> and then I, <clears throat> at some point, my my father was an, uh, uh, an avid um, Canon AE one shooter. And those were actually uh, available. So, so it's not a secret that we both are in our mid forties, heading towards fifties, right? And, yeah, I'm um, a bit closer than you are, I think. But yeah, <laughs> and so, so AE one was actually something that you could buy in in the shops, and um, I used it for a long time, and I think it, I used it until um, th- the end of um, the nineties, and then I switched to a, a Pentax. Uh, M, uh, MZ1 or M, yeah, it was a MZ1 or MZ10. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, which I regretted from then on. Oh, and I, I still remember that at uh, some point in the early 2000s, all the digital cameras came up, and I uh, picked up uh, my first digital camera was a Pentax Optio uh, 430RS, and I loved that camera. And I think one of the things that uh convinced me to go digital back then was uh the convenience of having uh not having to pay because i was a student at university and obviously that is uh money is something that you don't have a lot when you're a student no indeed but then uh in uh, 2016 i have a, a very close friend manuel <clears throat> and uh he I don't know when he started film photography, but I went to uh, on f- photo walks with him. I took my digital camera. He took his uh, his four by five, and I distinctly remember that he was standing in an almost dry riverbed near the Hartz Mountains where I live, and uh, you know was composing an image. Had his dark cloth over his head, and I remember standing uh, at the shore and thinking, "Oh my goodness, I want to shoot film. That's so cool." And then I. I picked up, I did the obvious, picked up an AE-1, which I knew from back then. And I shot film a lot. And I mean, I went through all the phases, you know, the film photography puberty, where you buy heaps and tons of cameras. Some people (laughs) like Jeff and Gabe never leave the uh, puberty state. And tried all sorts of developers. And I basically ended up with using Canon F1s, uh, and the FD system and also some TLRs a lot. And uh, after this whole exploration phase, I used uh, very little amounts of film stock and uh, very, very few different film stock, sorry, and Caffeinol almost ac- exclusively. And the, one of the things that I realized uh, um, that sounded familiar uh, when you talked about your um the problems, the the lo- losing your mojo, I kn- know that as well because I lost my analog photography mojo uh, in 2020, basically, because I uh, have kids, I have a family and a job. And during the pandemic, I had the uh, privilege of keeping my job, but I had to work a lot 
and I couldn't be bothered with developing and scanning film anymore. And uh, that was the point when I um, suffered from Adrian's stock syndrome. I basically <laughs> sold off lots of my gear and uh, especially my uh, analog gear. And I uh, back then I had an, a Fuji X-Pro2, a digital camera, which is something that we'll probably be talking about in the next few episodes. Um, but what kept me shooting was that I got the film photography feel and the film photography look. And that's basically the where the idea comes from that we get together and talk about that topic. And I mean, to motivate why we do this. I mean, if you look at the current uh, economic situation, the global uh, political situation, everything gets more expensive. We have uh, an incredible uh, inflation hike. And I mean, people probably cannot afford shooting film in certain situations. So we need to address this if they love shooting film. Is there something that they can do to get as close as possible if when shooting digital? And that's where digital film photography comes from. So yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the conversations that we've got planned out over over the next few podcasts because, you know, it is. I mean, I've I've had the the privilege of getting to know a lot of the people in analog photography in the UK. I mean, clearly not all of them, obviously, but I, I I've I've been able to make uh, a good few friends over the years of producing Sunny Sixteen, and I've seen you know. One of the things that's been great is the number of businesses that I've seen people start from when we started Sunny 16 in 2016, uh, which, uh, you know, at which point, you know, film was very definitely almost dead. Right. And if if you have to if you have to convince yourself by posting film is not dead as a hashtag on every photo on Instagram, then there's something wrong. Right. Um, Nobody I don't think anybody does that anymore. Actually, I wouldn't know because I don't do Instagram. But but, yeah, there's no need for a film. uh, There's no need for a hashtag film is not dead anymore because clearly it's a growing thing and one of the things that's put the prices up of course is is supply and demand and there just isn't enough supply to meet the demand that there is there now so i you know i'm uh, i'm at a point where i'm really enjoying shooting film and i really really enjoy supporting the community uh, yeah wherever i can you know in, in events and in and in you know, spending some of my money you know with, with them uh to, you know with people who've launched businesses to help keep it all going uh, and uh, you know that that's that's a, a real thing for me, a real motivator for me. But also, I still do like to produce digital work. It's not, you know, it's um, and that has its place as well. So uh, it's you know, I kind kind of feel like we're we're breaking down some psychological barriers, some cultural barriers. If we can get the two sides to talk to each other, it's going to be like I don't know. West Side Story or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I try try to try to name something that's not the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> but yeah, it's like yeah, but some 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 moment. Yeah, because that was a bit more momentous than just shooting film and digital. Uh, but so, something that is, uh, you know, I think film is here to stay, and that's brilliant. And digital is here to stay, and that's also brilliant. And then you and I got chatting because you know, well, sometimes we both shoot Fuji cameras, uh, digital cameras, uh, and you know they are in the in the digital marketplace the 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 company that most markets itself on shooting film like images and producing yeah. film like images. So there's got to be something there to explore, right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, it's not like we're on uh, 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 discovered a new trend or anything. 
because yeah. I mean, if you look, for example, I I uh, I don't know if you know Lucy Lumen. Um, mm -hmm. She yep. has, um, uh, I think, uh, also a YouTube channel and so on. I don't follow her or, uh, other than on Instagram, but she's, uh, from what I understand, a pioneer of the Digicam movement, which basically... Ah, yes, there is that now as well, isn't there? Exactly. Yes. And, and I mean, one of the most important things for me is actually what you mentioned already, the community that we have in the film shooters community. I mean, the um, I was in 2019, I met Rachel and uh, a lot of lovely, great people uh, in London for a combined uh, Sunny 16 and Film Wasters photo walk. And I think this sort of community is something that's really hard to find nowadays. And and <clears throat> one of the things that I was thinking about was when I, you know, basically went on this uh, film photography hiatus was like, oh, my goodness, I hope I can stay in this community. And yeah. I think w one of the reasons mm -hmm. uh, or one of the things that we will also be talking about is the ethics of trying to get the film book, trying to get the uh, the film uh, photography feeling and staying in the community. And I mean, talking about stuff, because after all, what we want to do is produce good images and have community with like minded people. And I think that's very important, isn't it? It is it's very important to me. It took me years to figure out, you know, what was the thing I was doing podcasting for, right? It may be because I'm a bit slow. I don't know. But, you know, uh, I have the sort of brain that is quite entrepreneurial. And, you know, there is all this stuff going on about oh, people monetizing their podcasts and their YouTube channels. And I thought, like, that doesn't seem right. It doesn't quite seem right. And we discussed it, you know, uh, around Sunny 16. Uh and around future photography as well. And it just didn't seem to be quite, it didn't sit very well. And then after a while, I realized it was just like, oh, actually it's because I make friends. Right? Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. And I love the community I'm in. And I did take a break from Sunny 16 and I went back because I missed my friends. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it is a fantastic community. And it's, it's, it, it is a community in the analog world, at least in the UK, um, that you, you can't quite replicate with digital photography um yeah uh, this is something something that binds you together a bit more i guess um uh, maybe it's shared adversity i don't know <laughs> and maybe it's yeah. hardship <laughs> and, and uh, i mean i mean uh, uh the thing is uh when it was r really niche uh it's it's not today as you mentioned i think it was uh uh you know the, 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 it was a strong factor to have this uh, same interest uh, film photography and um, and actually uh, during the pandemic um, I made a new friend on uh, the Sunny 16 Discord uh, Jonathan with whom I uh, did the Sunny 16 Presents uh, episode about caffeinol development and um, I think that's something that uh, yeah we both appreciate and I think that's something that we try to keep in mind so <clears throat> Maybe what we're trying to say is please don't burn us at the stake, even if yes. we talk about, uh, you know, shooting film look digitally, because I think it has its place. And yeah, so like you, I, I, um, I, I shoot analog in form of Instax. Uh, yes, it's instant gratification, but I still shoot it because I do like the look. I do like, I use Instax Square and I have an uh, Instax SQ6, which is compared to the um, Instax mini cameras is quite capable. If that's 
appropriate for such a camera, but it's okay. <laughs> it produces nice images. And I choose uh, uh, which camera I use, either digital or uh, Instax, uh, for, in terms of how do I feel that day. So um, that's how that's, I still shoot. That uh, is interesting because yeah, how how do, how do you choose what to do? Because uh, well, t t tell me more about that actually. Because I mean, you you, you shoot Instax, but you also shoot digital and, and other things. So so what do you do? You have a thought process? Do you think I'm going out on a special day, so I'm gonna take this camera, or is it you know is it just what you feel like in the moment? Yeah, I think that's that's the uh, what I feel like is uh, very important to me, and also I mean. Uh, um, I have this quote which uh, people say, uh, Orson Welles uh, said at some point, it's uh, the enemy of art is the absence of, uh, absence of limitations. Okay, uh, so the enemy the, of art is the absence of limitations. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I, I, and I think I, it's, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because it's, it's usually expressed perhaps the other way around. Which is that um, you know what makes art possible is the constraints. Yeah, and and uh, uh, in, I mean sometimes I feel like I should uh, actually pick up the Instax because it's not as capable as my digital gear, you know. Because mm. uh, the Instax film is, I mean, if we're honest, it's quite mediocre. I mean, it has a latitude of <laughs> maybe three to four stops. But if that is lucky. something. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but I mean, uh, if you uh, you you produce a very nice scene with the camera, uh, smithereens, with uh, quite, you know, let's say lo-fi uh, tools, if yes. that's the right term, and mm -hmm. and it has its charm because um, I cannot go out with an Instax camera and produce work that has a huge latitude and uh i mean to be perfectly honest um uh you can produce um work with film that you cannot produce with normal digital cameras uh for example if you look at um the silvermax film which uh, by adox which is unfortunately uh not produced or it i think it has never been produced i think it was some sort of film stock they found some place and uh, um, it's said to have 15 stops of latitude in a Silvermax developer. And I don't know of many digital cameras uh, that are less than high end that can uh, shoot with such a latitude. No, and abs absolutely. You can. And it, it's uh, and you're right about getting a different look, especially with something like Instax. I mean, I have uh, a photo album on, on the shelf just out of shot. Um, and uh, that is one I shot uh, on our family holiday to France in 2019, summer of yeah, 2019. I think you mentioned it on the on the Sunny 16 podcast, I think. Yeah, uh, and it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I I just said this is going to be for this holiday. My Instax camera is going to be my main thing, and I took I know 10, 12 boxes of Instax um, and just shot Instax for the whole thing. Um, and and that doesn't mean that there aren't photos of people jumping around because there are right and there are yeah it doesn't mean that um you can't take a nice sunset because you can it, it does kind of mean you can't have the sun in your shot because as instax users know if you have the sun in your shot you're likely to get a blue black circle in the middle of your picture where i mean it burns you can through the chemicals. put it there if you if you want that effect actually I mean, uh, well, there is that, yeah. 
am I coming back to your uh, original question that your reason for taking the Instax was probably the same uh, reason why I select shooting, uh, why I decide to shoot Instax. It's just, I feel like it, you know, I, I feel like that's a good idea and I'm completely shameless. I take digital camera and Instax on a holiday and will produce a photo book with both, you know, scanned. <gasps> no, oh, you can't yes. do that. You yeah, can't shameless, do that. As I said, oh. and, and, uh, and I think it's so cool because you, I mean, um, I have this really cool quote I, 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 um, that our listeners might be interested in. Um, some of you might know um, Matt Day, and uh, he has a YouTube channel, is a really, really nice guy, and he uh, also w basically went through this phase. He's a father and a family guy, and, and where he said, sometimes shooting film is just too tedious, and... Um, I exchanged um, uh, emails with him and he wrote something that I, he allowed me to call and he said, uh, so the digital cameras um, I look for, is, is it's not really about the best for all photographers. We all have different interests and approaches. I think there are digital cameras that would appeal to a typical film shooting photographer and there are digital cameras that a film shooter would probably hate to pick up. I also think that some photographers don't care about uh, that sort of thing and I don't think they need to. Whatever keeps you creating and making pictures, that's all that matters to me. And I think that's a really good quote because, I mean, if you feel you can produce something that suits your mood that day and suits the situation and you create work that you like, I think that's all that it's uh, about, I think. And I mean, um, it's on this and these episodes that we tr plan on uh, recording, uh, one of the things is um, I think we need to motivate wh why some people are um, trying to shoot digitally, but make it look like film. Mm. I mean, for example, if I look at your uh, Smithereens uh, uh, magazine, it looks uh, at your zine. It looks sometimes I, th I think you actually went for that look. It look, sometimes looks a little bit like you photocopied some yes. of the images mm -hmm. and i mean photocopying is photography <laughs> and is, yeah. the question is why would you create such a look digitally and i mean what's what's your uh, take on this that was interesting because the uh that was a project so that uh i and and that was where that decision came from so so i mean on a day-to-day -day basis you know choosing whether i shoot film or digital uh is sometimes it is a matter of simple ease right uh, you know um and sometimes it's a sometimes it's uh it's a, a choice of actually i really fancy doing this today you know i really fancy right. loading up a whole gut you know um uh, or yeah uh the chroma camera i do, do you know what? i'm going somewhere with big landscapes today so i'm going to load up the chroma camera because that's going to give me a 6x12 negative and i'm going to enjoy having a 6x12 negative with all of that detail um so that's the often it'll be sort of just on on a day-by-day -day basis but but with the zine it was a project so i had a little digital point and shoot uh, and it had a really crunchy black and white setting where it blew out all the highlights and it and it 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 um it, it just got rid of all the detail in the in the in the darks as well and in the shadows um uh and i just thought you know what actually this 
if I uh, this I could make a zine I could feel like I could make a zine with this because one of my challenges was make a zine right that's one of the things I was wanting to do and I thought if I'm going to make a zine I want a look to it that is reminiscent of the zines I used to see around the place when I was a teenager right so in those days mostly they were photocopied because people didn't have computers at home that they were and there weren't any you know print services that that would run off lots of them for you so so zines were photocopied uh, and that I think um, so and they were hand drawn right and occasionally maybe yeah. they'd have some bright yellow or bright pink or something like that if somebody could afford a two color print somewhere if somebody got really loads of money together and could afford a two color print you know black yeah. and white plus magenta yeah. or something like that you know uh, and uh, the but that that was the the thing I wanted because I, I want that's what zine means to me now I, I you know, and and clearly, zine means different things to everybody. Because and that's one of the joys of, of of zines being a thing that photographers do these days. In these days of print on demand, very easy and and, and much more affordable. Um, you know, these days when you can just you know upload a PDF file and get a hundred copies of your thing back through you know delivered uh, you know a week later, which is which is amazing really when you yeah. sit down to think about how easy that is today. That we have all the tools to do all the layouts ourselves. I thought, well, actually, that what zine means to me is this thing that I used to experience when I was a kid. So that's where that choice was from. So that was never going to be a film shoot for me. Yeah, that was always going to be. It needs to be the the dirtiest, crunchiest thing that I can do, which is clearly going to be some derivation of digital. But um, but, but isn't it isn't it funny that you basically use a digital camera to create work that you consciously want to end up in a printed form? in a zine yeah and and i mean if you look at what most film shooters do they basically use an uh, an analog medium and it will end up on instagram a lot of times mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. it's so funny because it's like it's like the other way around in 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 a way that uh, uh you know i always um when i started shooting film i almost uh, felt guilty not printing um the negatives that i i shot because I felt like digitizing them is wrong in some way. I mean, uh, <laughs> looking at it now, I think it's uh, it's just convenient because an enlarger just takes up a lot of space. And I mean, that's basically where we, where I, I, mean, I, I don't know if you agree, but where I would like to go with this show is to say, uh, even hardcore film camera shooters do digital stuff in their workflow at mm -hmm. some point most of them do and i think uh, only very few people only print what uh, they shoot and then never show it on instagram because as, as soon as you digitize the print you also have a digital workflow yeah. in there yeah, in some way so you do yeah. i i agree and and i think we should celebrate that because the amount of choices the amount of creative choices and creative tools we have available to us is just extraordinary and uh and for me i tried uh, i think these days the different the thing for me about why i would choose digital or why i would choose film uh i think is about um is about i i prefer to be led by the creative aspect of it it's like what do i want to create today and and therefore what would be you know a really good and fun way of creating it because sometimes you don't have that much of an idea of what you want to create but you just want to have some fun and I'm That's totally, the, you know, I will totally go through the camera drawer and go, oh, do you know what? I haven't used that one in a while. Let's just take that one out. You know, and, and, you know, 
and have a play. Um, I know I did sell off a load of cameras, but I still have drawers full of cameras. So I don't know how that, that happens. I have bought a couple, maybe three this year. Although technically one was a replacement because the one I made that zine with, then I then left on a train and I had to buy a replacement, which I got from you, of course. So Oh, yes. I remember. <laughs> so, no, so, but I have bought two film cameras this year. Actually, one of yeah. them I haven't received yet. So I bought the Chroma earlier this year. Big, lovely big 6x12 negative. 6x12, yeah. And I have also backed the Alfie Titch, uh, which... Yeah, lovely camera. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. As it's, you mentioned on the podcast, I mean, uh, very uh, economical camera too. With the full, uh, Yes, uh, it will do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? The other thing, it's um, not just economical in the financial sense, although being a half-frame camera, certainly it helps with the, the, the rising cost of, of living and of shooting film. Um, I when I've used it, I felt a real freedom. Um, and it's possibly because when I shoot film, I often shoot medium format. So at the very most, you're going to get 15 shots on a 645. But I don't even know if 645 anymore. So so mm. the, the most shots I can get on a, on a at a medium format at the moment is is 12, right with a six mm. by six neg. Uh, so and then if I shoot the chroma, I get six shots off a roll of film. So at current prices, uh, because when I uh, I don't develop or scan my own film, that all goes off to a lab. In most cases, it goes off to, to Duncan at Silverpan. Uh, and uh, who who actually were, um, I got to visit in his shop the other day, which was really cool. And he was showing me how all the things in his lab work. And that's going to be relevant for some of our later discussions in this yes. series, because, you know, the, there are some things that hap are going to happen in the future uh, that mean that some of the equipment that you need to run a lab won't be available anymore. Yeah. So people will have to be more hybrid in their approach. So the uh, but. Uh, yeah, shooting that chroma, uh, and I it is maybe three, four pounds a shot at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. That that's I don't begrudge that at all. Um, it is what it is, and I and I I choose to do it. So I'm not saying that I'm upset about that. Um, but the going back to the Alfie Titch, you know, you can just shoot and shoot and shoot, and it's really difficult to even finish a roll of film. So yeah, it's because you get so many. Uh, so many shots on a roll so i think there is there's a freedom that comes of shooting with that from yeah. shooting with that camera that i don't get when i have the medium format cameras because you can shoot i mean you could take a, one roll of film could last you a weekend right yeah if you go away for the weekend um doing the testing sessions where we've where, where i've been doing where you're actually a, the one of the x points of the exercise is to get through the whole roll of film that was really hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I mean, uh, in terms of uh, uh, mixing digital and uh, film photography, I have to say that shooting digital a lot these days and uh, that, that gave me the freedom to not think so much about the cost when shooting Instax because I right. hardly okay. ever shoot mm -hmm. it. So when I shoot it, I won't hold back, you know, because mm. I shoot it like a few occasions per month. And then I say, if I shoot it this seldomly, I won't hold back if I see something that I would like to shoot. And I, um, I know that you're a, uh, a huge friend of uh, giving away Instax prints. And I was on holiday last mm. week, and we were in a harbor, and there was this um, this man sitting uh, there with his back to me, and uh, I sh shot the image because it was just a he was contemplating like in the 
contemplate uh, oh my goodness my my english he was contemplating something obviously so i shot uh, him and i approached him and said i would like to give you this shot because i really liked how you sat, sat on that bench and and contemplated and, and he was really um very very friendly and was surprised on the one hand but glad that i handed, handed him the image and he immediately immediately knew because it was an instax square which looks like polaroid he knew that he was holding the only copy mm. and that's by the way the only reason i did it because i knew that um that was something that i wouldn't do if i you know should it digitally put it on on, on. I, it wouldn't have been a problem even um in terms of the strict german laws but i had the uh, urge to give him the shot and yeah. the, the, the 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 image and no, yeah, you're right was... there's, there's something very special about giving somebody a photograph exactly um uh and the fact that it hasn't quite appeared yet is part of the magic as well but yeah it, you know uh did you did you shoot two shots and have one for yourself and give one to him or did, was it just no. really and truly the only one it was the only one and actually i gave it away uh, and there was this little sting of oh my goodness that was a really good shot okay but give it to him <laughs> it's fine but that's something that's also sort of an appeal uh, when it comes to shooting Instax film or uh, um, uh, uh, instant film, for that matter. Um, you were talking uh, about your um, chroma camera a lot on the Sunday 16 podcast, because one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet was why would, what do we film shooters look in, uh, look for in a, in a digital camera? Because as you mentioned, we, we won't be, um neutral on this topic because we both shoot fuji cameras for good reason um um but i would like to go more into why we select certain cameras as film shooters mm, interesting so i i think after years and years and years i think it for me it boils down to what does the camera feel like to use and and then also what does the output look like so um i have my little olympus tg6 which is the one that used to be yours um, <laughs> and i love that because it fits in my pocket um nothing sticks out of you because of the the nature of the design of the camera the lens doesn't pop out when you switch it on it just stays yeah and it's there and i can operate it with one hand and um do you know and, and if you if you really lean into the consumer side of it, like, it's like, oh, there's a sunset over there quickly. I must put it in sunset mode. And it works. It's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it, it, fireworks, um, shooting fireworks with these things is is just the best because it has a fireworks mode and it captures them in, a, in an amazing way. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, I think it's fun to use and it fits in my pocket. So that's the, the ergonomics bit. Um, and then there's the output. And it's the same with the Fuji. Um, the Fuji I find easy to use because it, it it just feels natural to have dials for the main things. Um, even though I shoot it in a lot of you know mostly automatic mode or aperture priority quite often. Um, and then I like the look of the outputs. Now I use the currently for the last couple of years use the Fuji less. Um, uh, I mean, well, let's correct myself. I use it for about six hours every day um uh because i use it for all my video calls so yeah, i'm looking <laughs> into the lens of, on the fuji right now uh to talk to you and uh it but it's surprising it doesn't come off that stand very often 
I don't often choose to take the really high technical quality digital camera out because even though it's nice to use and even though I like the colors it produces, it's just I'm not really into sharp photography. Yeah, I, I prefer some I would choose atmosphere over technical correctness every time with my photography. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's something that is, it produces a lot of detail or a lot of accuracy. Sometimes for me, it, it takes me a, a bit of a step away from the thing that's in my head that I'm trying to create and capture. But having said that, you know, it absolutely has its, its, um, its, its time and its place. And I do love to use it. Yeah. I do like to take it out. It's great for, uh, I, I put the pancake lens on it and take it out for street shooting or yeah, it's um, a great lens. That's yeah, 27 uh, mil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, then, you know, uh, uh, things like family occasions when I actually want to take some photos of people that look like actual people rather than my creative imaginings, um, then yeah, that's all good too. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not neutral on it, but that's, that's what, it's it's the the two things that help me choose a digital camera is what it feels like to use because they can be a bit soulless right if it's all about yeah. menus i'm less uh, and less about you know the, capturing a moment then i'm 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 not so keen and then it's about what the look looks like but what what about you what what do you look for in a digital camera um <clears throat> i used to shoot uh canon f1 a lot uh and that's the old Canon F1, the second generation of the cold Canon F1. And if you know that that camera, it's built like a tank. You know, it's uh, it's got a titanium shutter. It's got, uh, I once read that um, uh, Canon actually designed it to operate from minus 20 degrees Celsius to almost 100 degrees or something. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think it will outlive uh, its <laughs> uh, owners. But what I liked about that camera was you had these dials. It was well built. It was good in the hand. And, you know, at some point, the only digital camera I had was a Sony a7 with a Canon FD adapter. Okay. Which let me use my FD lenses because I was not, as you said, I was not interested in super sharp images, even though you could get very sharp images from FD lenses. But... I never warmed up to the A7 really because it's just such a a mess when it comes to ergonomics. And at some point I uh, decided that that's back when I was still shooting a lot of film. I decided to pick up an X-Pro2 by Fuji. And what I, I really fell in love with that camera because everything I knew from analog cameras this camera has, it has... Uh, um, dials for the uh, exposure you have aperture rings on the lenses it even has a, um, a depth of field indicator not on the lens but at least in the display and I think what Fuji obviously tried to do is to cater to the film photographer but do it in a way where you get a camera that feels like a film camera but has all has some added value uh, that you wouldn't get in a, uh, in, in lots of um, analog cameras. For, for example, one of the features that I use a lot is the weather sealing of the camera. So I go mm. out with that cameras and pouring rain and I didn't own any um, weatherproof cameras except for the uh, Canon Shawshot A1. 
which basically is an underwater cam point and shoot yeah. camera. So um, that's so I was basically looking for a digital camera that felt like a a film camera. Hmm. No, that's that's I can see that because I totally get that the weather ceiling is good as well. I recently upgraded my Fuji twenty seven mm lens from the first version to the second version, and uh, the two things that were different because uh, the glass is the same as far as I know. Um, the two things are different is that they put an aperture ring on it, <laughs> and they weather sealed it. So yeah. you know that for me was I was like yes, I definitely want that lens because you know that uh, it gives you that experience, the the ergonomic experience of having an aperture ring, which I love. I really get horribly confused um not 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 at the hide brain thinking level of uh but at the sort of monkey lizard brain level right it's like my my brain is programmed to have an aperture ring on a yes. lens and that's yeah, how you check and it's like i don't want to be dealing with faceless dials on the body of the camera i want my aperture to be set on the lens because the thing is in the lens right <laughs> there's, there's, there's yeah. a reason it's on the lens is because the thing is in the lens <laughs> yeah so yeah. So that um, that was a brilliant uh, change for me um, uh, to to have that lens upgrade, and now I can wander around in the rain with my Fuji camera and that lens on it, and not worry about it at all. Yeah, and I think uh, if you look at it, um, one of the things that I have to say is um, a digital camera will never ever um, uh, be a replacement for, let's say, in TLR. I own a oh, really no. nice. Uh, Lipka Rollup uh, with a bright screen. By the way, I would definitely re recommend upgrading your TLRs with uh, Rick Olson's wide screens. He's a really cool guy. It's expensive, but you will get such great screens. And that's something that I appreciated a lot to have this waist level viewfinder where you could, you know, look at your composition with both eyes. And that's something that we probably never get. And you 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 have a three dimensional image in the viewfinder. You don't have that on a on a, a digital camera screen, no, and, you don't. No. and you don't have four by fives digitally. Uh, <clears throat> but one of the things, and I think we're getting close to forty five minutes now. One of the things that I wanted to um, say is we've been talking about very expensive digital cameras, but one of the things that we to want to explore is are there also um, uh, inexpensive alternatives what can we do to get i mean you have a tg6 which is not cheap but it's affordable i got it at a really good price <laughs> thank you and uh um but there we all have phones we all have some sort of digital cameras there is the the um uh, the digicam trend and one of the things that mm -hmm. people are uh, 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 like about the digicams is that a lot of them still have ccd sensors mm -hmm. and they supposedly have uh, a look that is close to film uh, and I used um, to own uh, cameras like that and there are certain tricks that you can use to get some sort of film look uh, from these cameras and I think that's something that we want to explore so as a teaser for the next show uh, what we'll be exploring is the look of um, shooting digital film right yeah well absolutely so we've got a few shows coming up um uh, uh yeah next one next one being about uh the the look what is the, what is the film look what does it mean to have a digital look how can you 
think about getting the film look with digital is it possible many people will say that it's not possible but you know well we got we got some challenges for that and there's definitely a con i think the the digital technology has reached a place where there's definitely a conversation to be had you can't just dismiss it anymore can you no definitely not and i think uh, what we're talking about here is not uh, a perfect re replication and that's uh, something that we want to look at and uh, yeah so uh, thanks to our listeners for staying with us for 45 minutes if you made it till here please make sure to listen to the other shows because i think it will be very interesting even if you don't want to shoot digitally just knowing about uh, options that are there is probably very interesting and um yeah eight um uh, i know that you end uh, sunny 16 shows uh, uh with guests always with uh, where can people find your work and stuff like that so where can people find your work because uh on the, on the sunny 16 podcast uh no so uh <laughs> i think um the best place to to get in touch with me is on twitter because i don't do image-based social media really uh and i am aid 968 on twitter um or you can contact me through the the sunny 16 podcast or the future of photography podcast uh as well um which uh sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com i think and i think i have my own for future photography email but i couldn't tell you what it was um but maybe hit twitter is probably best uh to say hi um and uh yeah it'd be good to, good to hear for, from people who are interested in this conversation yeah <clears throat> make sure to send us uh, your comments on sunny 16 presents at gmail.com and you can find my work on instagram on uh, c underscore str1 also Please drop by if you like to. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us and see you next episode. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.